Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to The Social Circus, where every week we dive into a variety of topics covering social media, mindset, and how to run your business. I hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Social Circus. I am your host, Sarah Thompson, and each and every week you get to join me. And today I also have a very special guest. I am so thrilled to welcome Nina from Mindful Parenting Lifestyle. Welcome, Nina. Hi, Sarah. So good to be here. I'm thrilled to have you on here because I know that in my audience are busy mums who are going to love listening to your words of wisdom today. So I'm going to throw it back to you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your business, if that's okay. Of course. So I'm Nina and I am a mum of three little boys. Uh, At the moment, they are three, five and seven. Um, and I really started my business as a to be able to a spend more time with them, but also to be able to share the things that I've learned to make my life easier when looking after them, to be able to share that with other mums and dads, because um, it's really been a big change in my life and learning particular skills. Um, and it's it's been a life changer. And I really wanted to be able to help other people to experience this life-changing transformation. Um, in the hope that it will make their life easier and more fulfilled and joyful. Yeah. So you you started your business on the back of being a really busy mum with three very young children, didn't you? So do you want to tell us what led you to finding mindful parenting? Yeah. Um, my youngest had just been born. So at that stage I had a three and a half, a one and a half and a newborn. Wow. And I was struggling. Like obviously that's hard, but I felt like all I was doing was yelling feeling guilty about yelling, yelling some more, being upset with myself. And I wasn't enjoying being a parent because I was caught up in these feelings of anger and resentment and guilt and frustration. And I stumbled across a mindful parenting course when I was looking for something to help me. And I completed an eight-week program. Um, And as I said before, it just changed my life. Yeah. A year later, I was given the opportunity to train to teach that very same course to parents. Wow. Which was very exciting. Oh, and I, I love hearing that because I'm a mum. I've got teenage boys now, but obviously um, when I started my business, they were three and five. Um, so it was very different to what it looks like now. And I know I know those feelings, Like I think, and I'm hoping all my listeners are feeling some sense of relief because often the way in which we parent, we feel incredible guilt about, and you kind of think this isn't what I thought it was going to be. It's super hard and it's incredibly stressful. And if we throw into the mix, which most of our listeners have, running and starting a business, it all becomes really incredibly difficult. And I would just share with the listeners, um, Nina, like myself, works at home. And before we started recording, she said, I've got my, I've got some help here so that my son doesn't run in during the podcast and interrupt because he'll want to. And that's what that's what it looks like behind the scenes, isn't it? That we're often yeah. um, juggling things and trying to present our best self. And that, I think, adds a whole nother layer of stress and trauma on top of things. Yeah. We can feel so overwhelmed when we're at home and we can feel like things are getting on top of us. But then when we go to work, we, we want to appear confident and calm and, you know, all-knowing and on top of things, whereas on, in the back end you know, like, you know, there's always those views when you look in people's um, podcast, um, you know, in the camera and you turn the camera around, you know, there's (laughs) washing over there, there's dirty dishes over there. Um, And it's really about being able to make peace with those two parts of your life. And yes, 
being able to own it if you're struggling and not feel that you have to hide away. I think yeah. that's really important. I, I love that advice because I think um, I'm not, I, I'm really lucky in that I, I'm an incredibly organized person, but I'm not one of those people that needs to live in a really clean and tidy home, um, which is great because I've got two, you know, incredibly chaotic <laughs> boys who have challenged me every step of the way that I'm okay with that. But I yeah. think, um, you know, as if we work at home, all of that becomes another layer of complexity in terms of how we thought we were going to parent. Because most of us who started a business with children started it because we wanted to be more present with our children. And that's our big dream, isn't it? And that was what you said as well. Like you wanted yeah. to start your business because of this. So when when things don't go to plan, talk about um, what does that look and feel like and how do we manage that? Because we have beautiful expectations. I know I was really excited to be a mum. <laughs> it was not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. When things don't go to plan, like with our parenting, and we we can get really down on ourselves, and I think it's just important to to have that self compassion and to realise that you're not the only one that's going through this. There's other parents that are struggling with toilet training. There's other parents that are struggling with kids walking into Zoom meetings. You know, there's other parents that struggle with school drop off, for example. Yeah. That you're not alone. And to be mindful and just acknowledge, you know, I'm going through a difficult time right now. It's okay. I'm allowed to have a difficult time and just accepting it for what it is. This too shall pass, that famous saying that everyone always. Oh, yes, I love that. And um, I think I, I always make a joke that when you have children under five, your marriage is like being in the trenches, like you're alongside yeah. each other. And yeah. a whole lot of your communication with your partner it revolves around um managing people's timetables and functional information like you know James has got swimming today can you just check he's got his swimming things in his school yes. like all of that boring conversations and all of that can create a whole lot of again more resentment in our relationships with our partners as well and so when you're talking about mindful parenting have you found that that flows into the other aspects of our life because I have to say working with you you're always so incredibly calm <laughs> <laughs> You know what, Sarah, I didn't realize I was a calm person. I mean, I've been doing the course, but I didn't realize how much it had affected me um, until I was doing some volunteer work with the local toy library and we were having our annual stock take day and it was all crazy. People everywhere, kids everywhere, all the toys out on the grass. And one of the ladies in the committee, she said, Nina, you're so calm. How can you be so calm? You're exuding calm. And I was like, oh, I guess I am. <laughs> and so... Being able to bring that calmness, um, you know, pausing in the moment, as I said, accepting things as the way they are, not trying to forcibly change them. Um, that's where it can be really helpful um, to bring it into your other relationships. So if I'm having a disagreement with my husband, I can accept to and listen to his point of view without feeling that I have to force my opinion onto him. Mm. We can share that calmly in Mindful parenting, we do a lot of active listening and using eye messages to communicate what we need and then to also listen to what our kids need. But as well, you know, that applies to your partner oh, um, definitely. and showing compassion to them too. Yeah, I, I love that. Thank you for sharing that because uh, every interaction I always have with you, and I know that you're not 100% calm all of the time, but you have <laughs> such a lovely calm energy that you bring to everything that we do together. I really always enjoy our interactions. But do you feel like that's something that you actively work at to be calm or is it something now that's it's like a muscle memory? A little bit of both, Sarah. So 
when I first started mindfulness, because it's really mindfulness is the key to having a regular mindfulness practice is the key to being able to choose calm in those moments instead of choose anger or frustration. So when I first started, I was doing just three minutes a day. That's all I could manage. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought it was a bit hoo-ha. I was like, I don't really think this is going to work. I'm just going to try it, but I don't think it's going to (laughs) work. I gradually have built up. So over time, I was getting up to 20 minutes a day, but then you get to the school holidays, for example, and I would stop practicing because I'd be like, oh, I'm on holidays. I'm not going to do this anymore. And then gradually I'll notice that my calmness didn't, it wasn't as easy to find that calm. I was being triggered a lot more often. Yeah. So then I had to reset and start the practice again. And so I can always tell when I haven't been practicing because I find that I get triggered a lot quicker than when I have been practicing. So interesting. Yeah. I've, um, I try and do, um, I'm not great at meditation because I have a busy mind, which I know means I need it more than ever. So I do, um, I do tapping, which is much more active meditation. And I find my brain loves that. And I try and do 30 minutes a day. And I'm very much feel the same as you, Nina, that if I miss a few days, I start to feel like I start to lose my positive, healthy mojo. And it's really interesting, um, I'm like you, I always thought, oh, people that talk about meditation, that's that's like, so that well done them. That's not for me. I'm not that person. (laughs) And then once you actually find the habit and the routine, it makes such a big difference, doesn't it, in that mindfulness. So you talked, I was going to ask you another question. You talked a little bit about triggers because that is such an interesting thing. And I know exactly what my triggers are with my son. (laughs) Yeah. Mine's yep. nagging and um, that really triggers me and it turns me into a, like a sociopath in about 30 seconds if I have to keep asking, mainly because I have teenagers now and I should ha- shouldn't have to, like with little children, you definitely have to repeat instructions. But becoming aware of those triggers, how do we, how do we like if we're like a lot of parents with young children, we're, we're at a high, in terms of our emotions, they're simmering really, really below the surface, aren't they? So how do we start to become aware? Because maybe everything's triggering us right now. Yeah. There's a few ways. Um, one is to just have a journal that you keep on the kitchen bench or maybe uh, in your bedside table mm-hmm. and reflecting back on your day and thinking, when have I yelled throughout the day? So mm-hmm. um, I might've yelled at 10 o'clock. Um, my son, I yelled at my son, what did I say? So I might've said, clean up your mess, but then asking questions like, were you hungry? Were you tired? Was he hungry? Was he tired? Was there an underlying cause behind that? Maybe you wanted a tidy house because you had friends coming over. Maybe you wanted mm. a tidy house because you just need that to be peaceful inside. Mm. Like reflecting back on why you might've yelled and seeing if there's any patterns. So you might notice that you yell at your kids every day at 3.30. That's because you've just picked them up from school. You want them to be quiet, but you're trying to work at the same time. And Mm. you notice that at that time every day. So then you can implement strategies at 3.30 to make sure that you're um, in a place where you don't need to yell. So you might get some coloring activities ready for them. You might just decide to pop the TV on. You might make sure that you're fed because maybe you're hungry and that's why you get cranky sooner, you know? I love that journal idea. It's so good. Um, Another thing to do is to look back at your childhood. So think about how you were raised and any kind of values that your parents may have had that you don't have, Mm. but they're still ingrained in you. So (laughs) an example I I talk about, which is in the the book, um, Raising Good Humans, is if if you've got a daughter and she's wearing her beautiful dress and she goes to play in the mud, 
do you automatically get cranky at her for playing in the mud? Because when in when you were little, you weren't allowed to get dirty when you were wearing your pretty dress. Because maybe it takes ages to, to do the washing or you're going to church or something or other. Whereas does it, like for me personally, it doesn't bother me when my boys get dirty clothes because I can wash them and I've got yeah. more backup. And it's not a big deal for me because I want them to have fun and explore the mud, you know, and get all dirty and throw mud around and stuff like that. So interesting. Some days, some days I don't want them to do that. I know. I actually, um, we we look back at a lot of our photos from when the boys were little quite often. And one of the things that my younger son always says is, why are we always in our undies? And I'm like, because if there was water, <laughs> yes. I could not keep you out of it. <laughs> And so I used to make them strip down because they wore those little, um, you know, the little um, boxer short ones. So they weren't just running. But um, I always had towels and changes of the clothes in the car because I realised that all I was going to do was torment myself and my children if we went somewhere and there was water and they weren't allowed to play in it. And it was something I made peace with very young, um, mainly because my older one was just super, um, what's the word? Super stealth in that I would just look away and he wouldn't be like, hi, he'd be laughing at it. It was really interesting, that acceptance, because I know as a child, my mum loved us to look clean and tidy because yeah. she was, we lived in a small town and she was a teacher and I think she felt that her children couldn't look like ragamuffins. And yeah. um, it was a letting go process because yeah. we used to go out and my husband used to be going like, oh my gosh, they're always running around looking like oh, crazy. And I'm like, it matters they're, they're loved yeah. and I know that they're well taken care of they just look a bit hectic <laughs> yeah that's right so that's a really great example of knowing what your trigger is I don't want them to get dirty you know I don't want them to to get messy so I'm going to make a change and change the environment you know change what they're wearing and knowing that it doesn't bother me if they're wearing their undies in public that's fine you know yeah that's a really Sorry. great example thank you and with um with us running our business around our children I think that like my, and I know that I definitely did this and, and because I've been working at home for so long now, I'm really good at it. But I think we often set ourselves and our children up to fail. Like I know that you will say today is a good day for you to do a podcast interview because you've only got one child at home and you've brought in extra help. So you have set yourself up for, let's, we're nearly through the interview, but <laughs> it's for you to have a really good podcast interview. So you've, you've done lots of things to set yourself up for success and I sometimes think we don't do that and then when it all goes pear-shaped it's like wow did did I really think that was going to (laughs) work yeah that's right so I guess it's about knowing what your kids can handle and knowing what you can handle as well I know I can sneak away maybe for an hour of work if they're at home Mm. um, but any longer than that and they're going to be in here wanting to do stuff with me Um, and that's fair enough like I'm happy to to have that one hour you know in the weekends or something just to get something done Mm. Um, but knowing what we can both handle is a really good good way to just start off and then as they get more used to you working then they they may be able to handle more or you may realize that you actually are resenting that hour that you're working and you want to be with them so then you can change your mindset to spend more time with them Um, But I think having a clear plan of how you're going to manage that is really important and trying to stick to it as best you can. I love that. And I love um, actually asking yourself because I sometimes think we forget when we run a business, we're allowed to make decisions on how we work. And um, I actually had one of my very first business coaches when I was very new in business. She asked us in a group coaching session, if you could choose to work, what would you choose to work? And most of them said, oh, I would just work school hours. And she goes, wouldn't you take a day off for yourself? And yeah. um, 
is she, is she sowed the seed really early on that we're allowed to take some time out just to breathe and to be a functional human being that's not an exhausted mum? Mm-hmm. And those ideas of what can we handle and what can our children handle, I don't think sometimes, because we often start a business having come out of like employment where this is where you show up to work, this is what you have to do. And we don't give ourselves that flexibility. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we could be really open to that. And I know, like you were saying, it's okay to do an hour on the weekend if that fits in. So mm-hmm. what's some of your advice in terms of, I, I think you run a really successful business around your family and I really admire that. And is that something that you are definitely learning as you're going? Definitely. Yeah. It, my youngest started kindy this year. So now we're in a whole new ball game of trying mm-hmm. to figure out and navigate how my work week is going to look. Yeah. Uh, when I had a child in daycare, I could put my other boys in before and after school care and I'd have a whole day. Yeah. Whereas now I've just got the school hours and then I have to make the choice. Do I want to work in the evenings? If I need to do extra things, do I want to work on the weekends? Um, and being really clear to my husband, um, I every Wednesday I run a live coaching session with mm-hmm. uh, people in my membership. So if that Wednesday night he, he has to put the kids in bed and we make that decision together that that's how it's going to work and we alternate our bedtime routine around that. Um, I'm actually excited this term. I don't have to rush off and take anyone to daycare at 7 o'clock. We can actually have nice quiet mornings and get the kids to school by 9 because I get to take them all to the same place. Yeah, And then I can come back, you know, so it's making those choices and figuring out how I want it to look and tweaking it as I go, you know, like Mm -hmm. he's in school's alternate Wednesdays. Do I want to try to get him cared for on the alternate Wednesdays or do I want to spend that time with him and picking and choosing and being able to, like you said, last year, I took a day off to go to the cricket for a whole day. Yes. And that felt really liberating. I can, I don't have to ask permission from anybody to take a day off to go to the cricket. I have to ask get tickets but you know being able to do that has been amazing life-changing I love that and one of the things that I've really been struggling with over the last few months and I think this is a thing as a parent that's not talked about and we don't really acknowledge is um the change to our routine so like you were saying your son's just started kindy and it's all changed so my eldest has just finished school and is going to university and my younger one is going into year 11 and um, he's not at school completely full-time because he's doing some vet courses. And so suddenly things, like, you get really, really comfortable. Like, this is the routine. The kids walk in at, you know, 3.30 and this is what my day looks like. And then it all changes. And, I, and I'm kind of, I'm going to admit it because I'm kind of feel silly, but it's actually really hard to adjust to those changes. And I sometimes think we don't give ourselves any compassion around that. Yeah, I, I agree. It's really hard because you you know, people are in their comfort zone and to get out of mm. the comfort zone and try something new, it takes bravery and courage to be able to do that. And especially if it doesn't go according to plan for the first couple of weeks, you know, if, you know, yeah. there's a couple of road bumps along the way. And I guess and that's been... You were, you were saying that the drop-off didn't go well this morning. But no, just, no. Just, just because I spent of... an extra half an hour at school trying to get my son into his class. Um and I could be frustrated about that. I could be really annoyed that I've lost half an hour of my work day, or I could flip it and I could say, I gained half an hour supporting my son, mm. showing him the kindness and compassion that he needed. And so that's a, a good way of um, reflecting on your roadblocks and things that get in your way to doing the work that you want to is, can you flip it to think of the good thing that came out of that situation instead of what you lost? What did you gain? 
if the plan didn't go according to plan. Yeah. Oh, I love that. What did you gain? And it's, it is really hard, um, those change of routines. And I know, you know, it's, we're in the first quarter of the year at the moment. And so there has been lots of change to most of our lives when we have children because, you know, school or whatever has resumed. And so is that something you think we should be journaling to see how we're feeling or what's some advice on how we manage all of that, apart from flipping it on its head, which I love? (laughs) Look, journaling is a great tool to use, Um, you know, a nightly journal to think about how you went, any changes that you could have made to your plan. Even just having a gratitude journal and focusing, you know, spending a lot of time focusing on the positive things. Um, Mm -hmm. We've got a gratitude jar, so we all put what we're grateful for into the jar or we talk about gratitude at night. And so you can share that with your family um, as a good way to be able to reflect on what's happened. Um, Another great one that I might just share is the rose thorn and the bud. Have you heard of that one? No, um, do share. (laughs) So the rose is something that you're grateful for. Yeah. Thorn is something that was challenging throughout your day. And then the bud is something that you're looking forward to tomorrow. So that's a great one that you can reflect on, you know, by yourself and get really deep on, on things, work, life, et cetera. But it's also a good one that you can share around the table with the family. You could each take it in turn to do your rose, thorn and bud a kind of practice. Oh, what a lovely, what a lovely analogy to look at it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And I've not come across that at all before. And I really like the idea because um, part of the gratitude that we do as our family is what are we looking forward to tomorrow? That's one, which is the bud. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a really nice way to set yourself up for a successful day to kind of go, oh, I do have this thing that I'm looking forward to. And I yeah. find um, when I get very, very busy, I lose perspective on what have I got coming up because I'm like got my head down and I forget yes. to go, oh, tomorrow, got a lovely event going to tonight. It's going to be really good, but I'm too busy with my head down and not having that gratitude. So is gratitude something that is part, obviously it's a huge part of mindfulness in terms of parenting. Is that something you incorporate into what it is that you teach? It is, yeah. Yeah, so in my membership we have regular gratitude kind of prompts um, yep. in our Facebook group. Uh, and in our mindful parenting course, we do gratitude meditations. We brainstorm gratitude ideas and learn really learn about you know why gratitude is so helpful for us. Beautiful, yeah. I love I, I love that. And it's I think gratitude is one of those things that we treat maybe a little bit like meditation. Like, man, I'm not sure about it. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> and then the the effects really start to compound, don't they? They do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love it. Now, Nina, I have loved talking to you today and I would love, so for all of my listeners, as usual, check out the show notes for all the links to Nina's socials, how you can work with her, check out her membership, which is an amazing opportunity to be part of a beautiful, supportive group of parents to have Nina guide you through mindful parenting. But um, if people would like to work with you, what is what have you got coming up in the next few months and um, what would be a great opportunity? Yeah, so soon I have the Mindful Parenting course Course is launching in March. So that's an eight-week group program where we meet every week for about two hours to go through the whole Mindful Parenting framework. Yeah. The membership is open all the time. So you can join the membership um, that's got weekly uh, live sessions. And then I also have one-on-one coaching available where we can go through the whole mindful parenting framework as one-on-one or one-on-two if you want to do it with your partner as well. Brilliant. Oh, look, amazing. Thank you so much, Nina. Look, I have loved having you on the podcast today and hearing your pearls of wisdom about parenting and being the best parent that we can be. So thank you so much for agreeing to come on and sharing all of your knowledge. I'm very grateful. 
Well, thank you for having me. It's been awesome. Pleasure. And to all of my listeners, thank you for tuning into The Social Circus each and every week. I always appreciate your support. And um, as always, you'll catch me the same time next week on The Social Circus. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Social Circus. As your host, Sarah Thompson, I am thrilled that you've chosen to spend your time hanging out with me. I would be so grateful if you could spare an extra moment to go and leave me a review on your favorite podcasting platform. And if you even felt more excited, you could share my podcast with your friends who you think would get great value from it. Thanks so much again for tuning in.